This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. I mean, I had a whole bunch of notes and stuff to talk to you about, but now it seems like events have taken their own course. And I don't really know what's going on because I was doing the XM show, and then I had, I had to cook dinner right away, so I wasn't online, and then I had a, a phone call with, uh, anyway, just some internal roadwire stuff, and then I was walking the dog, and I came back, and all hell's broken loose, and I see like these uh, crazy freaks uh, sitting in uh, Nancy Pelosi's office and in Congress, in the Senate, so uh, what is going on, and fill me in, man, What's, what the hell's going on? Yeah, well, the Capitol is being stormed or has been stormed, and that's why I texted you. Like, you sure you want to pod now because it's a developing story, and you're t- taking me off of Twitter right now. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a sad day. It's craziness, and it's yeah, it's it's nuts. I don't know what to say. It's it's a developing story, and um, that's why I was saying, man, it, it feels crazy to talk about anything else, football or, or otherwise. But it's a, uh, it's it's um, I guess not entirely unexpected, but uh, it's still wild to see happen. Is this like a beyond the pale event? It's it's interrupting the peaceful transition of power. Whatever you think, you go through the proper channels. If you don't win, you've got to live with it. That's the way it goes. It's beyond the pale. Or is this the powers that be have pushed people into a corner? They've gaslighted them. They have lied to them. And they're getting some blowback. Which is it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, it's a good question. It's a good way of framing it. And yeah, I, I don't know the answer. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's like I said, developing and, um, this is going to be, uh, people are definitely going crazy about it. That's for sure. I mean, they have, have their opinions and, um, and a lot, a lot of people are taking the, uh, told you so, you know, with the Trump is the worst, you know, and anyone, anyone who defended him is, is an, is a moron. Yeah. Well, to me, that's the least interesting part of the conversation. Whether OC, C, you defended yeah, Trump, yeah. you're bad, yeah. you're bad. To me, that's not interesting. That's just more of the same tribalism. What's more interesting to me is this is pretty unprecedented, at least in the U.S., at least in my lifetime. Yeah, and I guess back in the day it was common, but obviously way before, you know, different time, different era. Yeah, and, you know, we had riots, political riots six months ago, and, you know, those were dealt with differently in different locations and political unrest seems to me like that's now back that's back on the table for a long time there wasn't much political unrest 
I mean, actual unrest in the streets. People taken to federal buildings, and now it seems like they're at a breaking point. Now, people may agree or disagree with the causes. A lot of people think this is a ridiculous cause, that the election's over, get over it, move on. And other people think this is a fraud on democracy. And And it seems like a lot of people right now are very mad in, in general, and maybe they don't even know exactly where to direct the anger, but it certainly seems like it's a, it's a combination for this. You know, this has been brewing for a while but to, to melt over like this. Where should the anger be directed? I, I don't know. I, I don't, yeah. Um, probably something that started long ago that, yeah, I don't know. How could you start, stop what's, what's, it's just lobbyists. I don't know. Money. I mean, who you, who you ultimately the top? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. You tell me you're smarter than me. Who, what is, who well, should the anger be? I mean, the, the people I read and, and I'm not a historian, but basically 1971, they took the U S off the gold standard. They started printing money and this, so that's my, my dad's guy, Nixon. Yeah, I mean, that's who took them off the gold standard. And, you know, but every president since, every government since has just printed money is just basically now they were untethered to an actual physical quantity of gold or a fixed right. supply. No, that's a smart answer. That, that, that does seem to be the best answer. Okay, that, that is a great answer. Okay, so but so long ago that what are you going to do about it? I mean, well, it I, started yeah. then, but it's, it's accelerated, right? So like something like 35% of the money in existence was printed in the last 12 months or something crazy like that. Some number like that. Yes, it is 35%. Yeah. That's why I saw that same, or at least I saw the same report of that. Yeah. That's wild. So think about it. Every time they, they put more money, we talked about this. Every time they put more money into the system, it dilutes those who have money. And, and basically whoever gets to the money first gets assets, uses it to buy assets. Whoever's just making money to pay bills is getting left behind and so inflation is theft. I mean, they're literally stealing from you. They're, you're, they're steal- I mean, again, if a company issues stock and dilutes you, they're stealing your shares. I mean, it's obvious. If there's 100 shares, you own one of them, you've got 1% of the company. If they print another 100 shares, now you've got half a percent of the company. You've been diluted. If the, if the company doesn't make any more money, doesn't create any more value, then you've lost half your value in the company. And they're doing this all the time. And they're just basically taking money from people. And it's from the people largely who depend on cash, who depend on wages and don't, can't then, you know, funnel it back into assets and recoup some of that. So I don't know that that's, you know, everyone has their specific grievance, whether it's the election was stolen or, mm-hmm. you, know, whatever, you know, whatever it is that they think happened. But, but more and more people are having to, sort of run faster and faster on the treadmill just to keep afloat. In the meantime, their vote matters less. The, the primaries are rigged so that there's never a Tulsi Gabbard or Bernie Sanders even on the ticket. It's always a corporatist versus, you know, either some, I mean, Trump is an anomaly, but a corporatist versus a corporatist that, you know, basically control most of America. And that's, I think people are at a boiling point and it, it may be one event or another triggers a different group, but either way, I think like this is just the beginning, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, that's just yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I could also see uh, this could turn into you know, boy, police state. You know, it could be this could be locked down big time here with you know going the other pretty pretty intense the other way here too. So I, I don't know. 
one good one thing i mean a police state is terrible but so is like a anarchist situation where there's just a lot of rough stuff going on and the police don't care you know i mean so you don't want a police state i don't want that either no no yeah you know i don't you know i probably i mean i don't wouldn't say i prefer and it's one thing to say oh yeah anarchy is better than a police state if the anarchy is in a different neighborhood than where I live, you know, it's like, totally. but if it's in my totally. neighborhood, you know, I don't want to get jumped and, and beaten to a pulp walking to the grocery store, you know, so that's not good. Of course, you don't want to live in a police state, which is the temptation to quell the, to any sort of that, that situation. But yeah, man, this is, it's. It may require some action. I get what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. I'm no, just I saying, I, we're, it's, it's a problem. And, you know, police are human beings also. This isn't. A totalitarian country yet there people aren't i mean people are brainwashed in some ways but i don't think the average cop the average american cop is going to attack people who they should arrest people who are damaging federal buildings but you know a lot of them are going to have sympathy with the unrest because you know they're they're making a wage too <laughs> their their money's being diluted also yeah that's interesting i definitely never thought of that angle um, cause it does feel like a me against them situation, but yeah, I could see that too. Um, and, it's, and it's, I mean, they don't, I don't think a lot of, I think it's getting into the consciousness slowly. I don't think a lot of people are like, I'm mad cause they're diluting my wealth. I consciously like that. Like, Oh, I've, you know, I've been on Twitter. I've been on Bitcoin Twitter. And now I realize, I don't think it's like that, but I think that it's people. Yeah. Do, it's a feeling. No, it's more of like, a feeling. I was going to, I mean, I was getting the feeling when I was in LA and I was making decent money, but not, you know, I wasn't rich and like healthcare costs. Like I'd go, I need an MRI and it was 2,500 bucks and my deductible is six. I mean, that kind of stuff where you're like, why, why am I like unable to calmly just get whatever medical thing I need? I, you know, I ostensibly am doing okay. I'm just getting a MRI on my ankle because I, you know, damaged it and it's an agonizing pain. Why am I like sweating that I, this is a huge expense. You know, that's the kind of stuff, but just imagine if you're not even doing that well and you need that treatment and the deductibles and the co-pays. I mean, that's just one thing, but healthcare is one of the things that's really inflated, you know, and then people took student loans. The cost of college is inflated incredibly high in the last 20 years. And these guys, you know, are in debt for half their lives and they thought, oh, well, I'm doing okay. I got into college and I've got a job now and they're running faster on the treadmill just to stay in the same place or even start losing pace, running on one of those moving airport escalators, those, those flat ones, but in the wrong direction. And, you know, I think everybody's a little like what's going on. And then this huge military budget and this people getting so rich off of uh, crony capitalism and, you know, the market is just soaring and all the small business being shut down with COVID is just kind of the tipping point. But anyway, I, I think that's kind of what's more important than the, the triggering thing. I think people are mad because I think the election was fixed and the election did not do a good job of instilling confidence. But it's not just the election. It's the choices you had. It's the way your politicians have treated you for your entire adult right. lifetime. I think it's just like a culmination of, oh, it's this thing. And people want to argue, oh, it's Trump, or it's Nancy Pelosi, or it's whatever. But I think like that's the stupid argument. That's the boring argument. Which political party is to blame, or which side is to blame? 
I think the the deeper argument is you're getting fucked for a long time by the people who are making policy and there's just no consequences to them at all. And now people want to instill some consequences to them. And for what it's worth, um, I've just seen a few people point out that typically uh, at these MAGA pro-Trump events, there's always Antifa and there was no sign of them today. So right. for whatever that's worth, they're, they're like always there countering and there is zero sign of them. I don't know what that means, but it does seem like a lot of people are, are, are fed up. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, but this is definitely unprecedented in our lifetimes and, 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 and crazy to be witnessing. Yeah. I don't know what to say. That's <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a time. It's like going through your, your Twitter feed right now is, is like watching an, you know, it's just apocalyptic it's, it's an movie. action movie or something. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's exactly. And a apocalyptic movie is a, gra- a great way of putting it. Now, I, you probably don't look at this as much as I do, but where do you think the S&P 500 is today, given these events? I mean... Is it up or down? One would is, think way down, one would think. Um, one would think way down. And I, and I cursory pay attention, but I have not checked that out today. But you're going to tell me it's up so it's far? It's up 0.6%. Not, like, it's not like up huge, but it's, you know, it's like... Oh, not only is there COVID and it's as bad or if not worse than ever, but literally there's some freak psychos in the we're, Senate. We're fighting, yeah, yeah. And we're in fighting as can be. I mean, like, do you know that Putin was uh, trending on Twitter because everyone was just saying this is his dream? You know, I mean, this is this is what his goal has I, been. I don't think I, I think Putin is so irrelevant. It's such a dull, it's like Putin is this. Putin wants that. Putin. Nobody's that, problem is Putin. To me, that is, like the, is the, the, great, the that that is really beside the point. The greater point is is that we have reached an infighting in the United States has not really seen, or at least at least just publicly uh, that I can remember. Right. I mean, the sixties, the late sixties were pretty volatile. Now we talked about the uh, the fourth turning, that book. I didn't read it, but I've heard a ton about it. And basically, like every eighty years, eighty to ninety years, it's a generational thing. Uh, there's a great shift in the u.s in u.s history and the last one it started with the great depression the market crash in 1929 and it culminated in world war ii and then there's prosperity from 1946 through you know the, the early 60s when then you know there's sort of the awakening everything was super conservative in the 50s but there was sort of prosperity and there's like an awakening in the 60s and, and there's cycles you know and then there's sort of an unraveling in the 80s and 90s and then the crisis comes back again 80 years later. And a lot of people think it began 2008 with, the, with the, this market crash. And it was just, you know, this is sort of the culmination is the Trump presidency, the unrest, the, you know, COVID. And this is another great turning moment, like where the world gets reset, especially the U.S. And it really seems like it's happening and that, you know, the, you know Rome fell, countries fall. I mean, I, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but... There's, there's a bunch of nut jobs running through the halls of Congress right now. Half the country, and I think more than half, because I'd count myself in this, just don't respect the institutions anymore. I don't respect Congress. I don't respect the presidency. I don't respect the courts. I just don't respect them. I don't respect the WHO. I don't respect the CDC. I don't respect any of this. I, I, don't, I think these guys are just play acting now. They're just doing what they... They're playing a role for the benefit of select few. They don't really represent me. They don't, they're not really looking out for my best interest or the country's best interest. And they've lost the thread. They've politicized science. They've turned everything into this 
farce and in the meantime are looting the treasury for their own benefit. So uh, I, I think that there's a real crisis. It's not just, oh, look at these nut jobs, the Trumpers. I think it's, no, like a lot of people don't respect the institutions. And that's why something like the election, which was handled terribly, even if Biden won and it simply should be like, all right, too bad. Your guy lost. Get over it. Have a peaceful transition. People just don't respect the institutions anymore. They don't respect the election officials, the way it's set up, the searches that are suppressed, all that stuff. It's like nobody respects it. You can only have a peaceful transition if people agree to the rules. And like any game you play, if you're playing a game and, okay, and you, you might be the underdog and you try your hardest and it's a good game, but they start cheating and they have the refs paid off and eventually, or at least if you believe the refs are paid off and there's enough shady stuff going on that it's plausible, I think that like you, you know, people stop playing the game. They stop obeying the rules. They either just gets into a big brawl or they just leave and do something. They don't play that game anymore. And I think that we're in a crisis because the game's been abused to the, to the, to an extent to which people just, they're not interested in it anymore. And it's sad that they don't, people don't trust or respect institutions, but it'd be hard to argue with what you're saying or you not trusting them or respecting them. After they what they need to earn witnessed. it. Yeah, I they mean, need it'd to earn be pretty it. impossible at this point over the last, whatever, six months we've seen. Not six months, yeah, yeah, 20, this, 20 years. Or I mean, six years. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 40 years. But I mean, they're, years. they're invading Iraq and saying there's WMDs. There's none. Oh, yeah. like, kill a bunch of people, yeah. th- you know, give yeah. money to the arms Sorry. people, you know, totally, totally. all this stuff, you know, that's the, 71. That's 71. How about that? Yeah. Maybe it's 71. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that happened when we were kids that I don't really. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Right. But anyway, it's just a long time. And this may be woken up to it myself, whatever recently. How about that? But yes, it's, it it would be tough to, given all the evidence, it would be tough. I mean, they have Jeffrey Epstein in custody and he missed, I mean, stuff like that. It's like people think, Oh, stop at the Epstein, you know, tinfoil hats. Like, no, like it's just not acceptable. Like that's a sex trafficker. That's a dude who was like, so, I mean, you know, and it just, you know, we know just Lane Maxwell, nothing's coming of that. We don't believe in it. If you believed in the institutions, you'd be like very eagerly being like, oh, I can't wait till she names names. And they, they really get those terrible people who abused those poor girls and, and put, brought them to justice. I, I really can't wait till that time. That's like somebody who believes in the system, believes that, that that would happen. Because that's what would happen in a legitimate system. People like that get brought to justice. It's a horrible episode, but we get our justice and we're like, okay, but... Nobody believes that's going to happen. And, and why? Because you don't believe it's a just system. And you see that big, bigger publications now are, are questioning the Wuhan uh, lab uh, stories. And now that's suddenly you know, not so much a conspiracy theory. Uh, and that took a year and just the most overwhelming amount of let's look into this more for it to actually come, finally come to that. And uh, you, you read more into it and it's wild, I guess, how the doctors are so different on and off camera and all that. But it's um, that's yeah. So so the conspiracy theory part is still there. But the, the Wuhan thing is uh, I know you you have even said, heck, I'm even going to link to it on Twitter and not be afraid. But it certainly is becoming more out there. Finally. Yeah, I was I was saying this. I was always saying that if there were a lab leak, if the only lab that could produce a virus like this was doing this kind of research was in Kansas. And we had this break, you know, outbreak happen in Wuhan. The first thing they'd be doing is saying, okay, was there anybody in this Kansas lab who traveled, say, New York to Wuhan? Is there any traveler that might have taken the virus? We would look at the link between the lab 
at Wuhan because it would be like, okay, did this come from a lab? The lab is in the place where the outbreak started. You think that's a coincidence? The, the overwhelming presumption should be that it's from that lab. Otherwise, you're just saying, no, it's just a coincidence. The only lab that it could possibly have leaked from in the entire world is located a few miles from the outbreak. That's just, and that's before we even get to, in 2018, cables were sent uh, saying this is especially worrisome. The conditions here are dangerous. Uh, that, p- many ethicists saying this is not something to experiment with. Uh, the, you know, the U.S. also, fun- Fauci's division of the NIH, it's a subdivision of the NIH, was funding this lab, was funding this research. There was a Newsweek article last year that was never in dispute, never got the Twitter uh, nonsense they're doing now, the this is disputed. It wasn't disputed that they funded this research and, you know, apparently it was like research to ostensibly help people combat viruses that might emerge. And now that is crazy. Those, those bat miners way back in the day who got that lung disease. I don't know if you read that yeah, whole article, yeah. but it, it's pretty wild, but oh, sorry, sorry, continue. Anyway. So this, this stuff's going on. And of course, China's covering up. Of course, the scientists and doctors on camera say one thing, and then they're, the journalists getting frustrated because they tell them privately off the record, no, I think this came from the lab. There's all the markings of this. The, and then the, you know, the Chinese won't let the BBC crew come anywhere near the lab or investigate. And, and yet they're saying, no, we want to put this to bed, this, this conspiracy rumor to bed. <laughs> and, and then there's other people that I follow who are talking about like the way in which the, the, the DNA components of the virus and mm-hmm. are the way, the way they're, I don't know enough about it, but you know, that the way they're set up is, it's totally too engineered to be a you know a random natural thing. It's something that looks very engineered in a lab. Anyway, I, I'm no expert on this. I would never. I would not bet my life that it came from a lab. But I think the presumption should be that it came from that lab. I mean, I think the overwhelming presumption should be that it came from the lab. And if they have a very clear origin story that's natural that makes sense, which they don't. Also, don't have an you know they have no real account of the origin story naturally. Um, fine, they can they can overcome that presumption, but I think the presumption should be that. And the other really sc- sc- crazy thing is, what do people care? Why are they so invested in it being? A, why can't they accept that it came from a lab? Why is that so threatening to you? Like, oh, that's conspiracy. No, you're crazy to think that. Why? Why are you threatened? If I'm just an American citizen, or even a Chinese citizen, or any citizen anywhere, and someone says, you know what? I think there's some evidence, or the, the presumption should be that came from a lab. Why would your response be like, oh, no way, dude. Put on a tinfoil hat. Like, why? Why are you defending the natural explanation versus the, the lab explanation? I mean, it's just a fact that we're researching gain of function, weaponizing viruses, making them more contagious and dangerous. They, they were doing that. That's, that's not even in dispute. So why, why are you emotionally attached to it being natural and not in a lab? What is it? How have they trained you to get offended or, or it's, oh man, I got to unfollow this guy. He's saying that thing was created in a lab. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why are people invested yeah, in one I, side I of totally it? I totally understand what you're saying. I think it's, I, my, my answer to you is I think partially it's because in this case, they think it's, when you say lab, they mean they did it like on purpose and nefarious. Maybe that's, that's one of my guesses. My other is a lack of information, lack of knowledge. They are unaware that this type of uh, the gain of function stuff. You know, they haven't done the research. Like, okay. I mean, I, I didn't realize to the scale of what this was going on until I looked into it, you know, more. So I, I feel like a combination of that would be my guess. But, or the media, they, I don't know, it has them trained that way. I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, okay. So, but let's say, let's, let's take the most plausible 
explanation you gave, which is that, yeah, they just haven't looked into it. The media said it's natural. So, you know, you say it's from a lab and, you know, no one's saying it was on purpose. It could have been on purpose. I would never say it would never do it on purpose. I, I don't have any evidence that it was on purpose. That would be a whole other level of uh, proof that would be necessary. And I don't think you need to presume that. I don't think the fact that it came from a lab means it was intentional. I no, think, no, it shouldn't. Absolutely. Right, right, clear. Right. I, yeah. yeah. Me, yeah. You no. think that. I no. think someone uh, accidentally took it home right. with them or something. I, I don't know. Like, I think it could be intentional. I think it could be intentional. Uh, I just. No, I don't think it was probably, but, uh, but, but either way, the lab to me always seemed like the one where you should have, you so, better prove otherwise to me. Like it should have been the default. Well, anyway, go ahead. I think it could be intentional. I don't, I, I don't have evidence that it's intentional, that it's a whole different level that I haven't seen anything on, but I, I feel like the evidence is pretty mm-hmm. strong that it's likely from a lab. But let's say someone doesn't realize that, that evidence, and they're like, nah, it's, I don't think it's from a lab. Why would they be emotionally attached, though, one way or the other? Like, you know, if I, okay, let's just say this. Like, let's say you and I are debating something, and you're like, you know, I think, I don't know, gunpowder originated in China. And I was actually, no, it actually originated in Japan. You know, so we get in this argument, right? And mm-hmm. why, why would I care? Like, I wouldn't be emotional about it. I'd be like, oh, really? I thought it was Japan. Oh, I guess it's China. Huh. It would just be like, it's this origin or that origin. It would just be like, you wouldn't have any emotional... And, no, and you wouldn't have any personal ties to this either, so I don't know where you're going with it. I don't, I don't know the answer. I mean, do you, do you have a theory why? What I'm saying is it doesn't... It, you definitely explained why people believe it's of natural origin, because that's what they've heard. But why are they emotional? Why do they want to shut you down? Why do they want to shut... I know. Why are they trying to shut down the line of inquiry of, actually, I think there's evidence that this is from a lab. Why do they want to shut you up? And insult you. you know, again, gunpowder shooter. No, no, I think it's from here. Okay, fine. I'm not going to shut you up about that. It's, there's nothing. Why do they have something at stake is the question. Yeah, I don't have the answer either. And I don't know. I know. I knew what you were asking. And I don't, I don't know. You don't have one either. You don't have a reasoning either. My reason would be more that everything's been politicized. Every single thing. So like, so, you know, Ch- Trump calls it the China virus because it originated in China. And they think that if it originated in that lab, then you're sort of siding with that interpretation. So you're doing that. Well, I mean, we're not 100% sure it originated in China, right? I mean, there could be some other explanation. It could have been somewhere else. We don't know for sure. But it's like your Trump. Somehow everything goes no, back right. that is to it. that. That really is it, right? It's not about evidence or what, what they know. It's like there's everybody, whether you wear a mask outside or not. Are you for Trump or are you not? Well, actually, I don't know if the virus really spreads outside and I'm not sick or symptomatic and I'm not in a crowd of people, so I'm going to not wear my mask outside. Oh, you're for Trump then. Yeah, of course you are. Yes, of course you would. Yeah, MAGA dude. Because of that, that's why this whole debate about, oh, this just shows, this just shows that Trump's the worst. To me, like, what, how have people been programmed to take questions of fact, questions of science, questions of you know, just personal choices and reduce it all to orange man bad, team good. What, how, is this, how has this happened? Like, how are people in this zombified mode of, like, they, their brain reverts to one thing? It's like being a, a dog, and, you know, you, you just want food. Yeah, you, you, I mean, that was the obvious answer. You're right. That is what the reasoning, for sure. Um, I would like to have just think that we could be past that but i guess it's only it's like literally they are pissed that you're even suggesting this for a lot dude i didn't vote for trump okay i didn't vote for him 
I'm just asking. I just think it's from a lab. Can you just calm down? Can you just deal with that? Can you handle that? I don't think they can. It's like the whole of your belief system must be completely aligned with a, you know, a, a certain religion of sorts. So to so circle back to the lab just real quick, uh, all, the, all the things that you brought up, if that wasn't enough, also, what about the fact they're being so defensive and confiscating anything or anyone even attempting to look into it still more than a year later and not giving away any information? The goal should be to let's learn the most we can about this virus so we can find a solution. Um, and also, I like how the article pointed out that, as they call her the Batwoman, I believe, um, her very first instinct when she heard about it was to rush like home and check her records to verify. And she had a huge sigh of relief when it didn't match or something. It's like, doesn't that in itself tell oh. you, like, if her first reaction when she heard this was, holy shit, it might be one of ours, uh, my, uh, you know, uh, that, that right there is a slight red flag. Yeah, I mean, and they knew the lab was risky and, you know, the report in 2018 or whatever. Anyway, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I, I was posting about that because it seems like that's now people are starting to say, oh, this is, yeah, this is from the lab. Are, yeah. and, and maybe when Trump goes away, they'll be, but I don't know what's coming up now because I, I'm not really sure how Biden's going to even govern under these circumstances. People don't respect the institutions, like half the, the public. And it's like a religious thing that's been drummed up for the last four years. I mean, it's just been like, you have to hate all these people who believe these things. And I don't know how it's going to be governed. You can't just have half the population and, and forget about, you know, storming Congress. Obviously they'll, you know, they'll get that, they'll quell that and put that out. I think hopefully soon, but it's just the day to day. It's just the basic functioning of society. Yeah, no, it really is. And I'm sure some stuff will break after we're recording this. It, literally, it's the middle of the day here for me. But it's, um, yeah, no, it's definitely not, not ideal, man. It is sad and it sucks. And it's, it's, it does suck that it's come to this, you know? I mean, it's not great. Okay, so I, I got a couple other things. Let's okay. move on from this. So there was that Nashville bombing last week, and you mentioned it to me. And, you know, I, I'd heard about it. It's kind of a crazy, it's kind of like the Las Vegas shooting from a couple of years ago where, what the fuck? There's just never been an explanation for that dude, who he was, what the hell he was doing. Remember the guy who broke the window in Mandalay Bay and started shooting well, at people? Of course. Of course. And, and yeah, like, like, why did the security take an hour to get there or whatever, how long they took? How did he get into the elevators, all these guns with all the cameras? Anyway, so then there's this bombing, right? This guy like warns people and then blows up like this area in Nashville. And like, what the fuck was that? Nobody know. There's no explanation. This is some rabbit hole stuff and I don't, I'm not vouching for this account and I don't even remember the name of it, but this guy is one of those go down the rabbit hole theory guys, but he claims at least that the Nashville bombing took out a building owned by Silver Lake, which is like a, some kind of investment firm or firm and Silver Lake owns or one of their companies is solar winds, the company that got hacked Remember the solar winds hack is the is the hackers that got in and like compromised like, yeah absolutely all yeah. that stuff yeah and then but then he was also saying like the AT and T building there was an AT and T building blown That's, up there that that was definitely reported was the AT and T building because okay. it knocked a lot of people's internet out for right. the, and, on and, the next and that state. apparently had a bunch of you know they were talking about whether it had like sensitive material about the election or it had you know that's a little conspiracy ish but you say okay look it's conspiracy theory they got you know built something blows up. And they ascertain, but I mean, I, I don't even know if it's true that that building was owned by the company that owns Solar Winds, Silver Lake. I, I, you got could research that. 
Okay, if that's true, if they blow up a building owned by that company, and there's no explanation for this guy, apparently he's killing himself like in the middle of the, right? There's no, it's just like the Vegas thing. If there's something to do with that, you'd be like, that's pretty, it's like, okay, well, fine. I don't want to make a conspiracy. I don't know the explanation, but you better offer me an explanation that makes some sense that a random explosion and it takes out a building that's related to some gigantic hack. Would there not be information in there that could be damning for certain people? Well, they're different in the sense of Vegas guy harmed a, a bunch of people. And this guy went out of his way not to harm everyone, anyone. He fired gunshots uh, off in the middle of the night to make sure that uh, to draw attention of authorities. Right. Then had a big uh, speaker saying, if you can hear this, evacuate and gave them time to go door to door and get everyone right. out. I'm not trying to match. I'm not trying to match. I'm not trying to match it. I'm, I'm saying th- th- those two things are only similar in one respect. I know. Sorry. Sorry. There's just I know. no, I know. Yeah, there, yeah. if anyone knew this exact story, yeah, I know, yeah. I know you weren't less. Sorry if I, if yeah, I made it yeah, seem no, that way. No problem. Um, uh, no, I'm just, he I'm, also, he also, so he left a bunch of manifestos uh, or, uh, or a few manifestos afterward um, with all kinds of stuff. I, I, I don't know what that means, but he had, you know, if there, as far as he wanted to point to, but maybe he was, you know, you know, different or whatever. I, I don't know. He's, he was out there. But why would he blow up like that particular street? I, it just seems very weird. Like what the what the hell? Like uh, I'm going to blow up this street anyway. I don't know if it's even Absolutely true. Absolutely, seem like a targeted area, and I've heard right, right. yeah different theories. Of I, I, that's I interesting. The whole solar winds. Right. Jeez, I mean, that, yeah. That's okay, crazy. so I don't know. Someone has to fact check me on that because is that building owned by Silver Lake? Do they own solar wind? You know, whatever. Just I don't know. I just saw that on Twitter feed. That's that's about as reliable as that is. What's the explanation for that? Because nobody just does that. Oh, because I have a manifesto, just you're going to blow up that street. And the Vegas, yeah, the only thing I'm saying it's similar to is that, what was that? People, oh, he just went crazy. He just went crazy. Oh, really? He went crazy and he bothered to check into a hotel with 50 weapons. I mean, really? I could see someone going crazy and just like having, you know, a guy who carries a gun and just going crazy. But like, I don't see that kind of planning for that kind of thing. For, for what? What's, what's the reason? I don't know. It's just, everybody's distrustful. Everything is questioned. Everything is suspicious. Okay, so here's the other thing. So this, I'm going to get killed for this. I, I was talking about COVID, right? And it's getting worse. 10,000 cases today in Portugal, the most ever. 10,000 cases, 0.1% of the entire population. It would be the equivalent of 300,000 cases in the U.S., basically. 330,000 cases in a day in the U.S. I don't know if the U.S. has had that yet, but uh, 10,000 in Portugal. So, okay, this thing is here, and there's new strains that are more contagious and this and that. But mm-hmm. I said, you know, I said, but, you know, I don't know what's true because I, I have a lot of people in my feed saying, come on, this is so exaggerated. It's not dangerous for people under 60. It's not blah, blah, blah. And other people saying, these assholes are misleading you. You know, this is completely dangerous. You need to wear your mask and stay in your house. You know, I, I have both. I see both all the time. And I start to think that, you know, because I've stopped, I've lost trust in secondhand sources. What can, what do I observe? Well, the people I know in the industry, my family, my friends, celebrities that I would have heard of, like none of them have died of it. Right. So I'm like, okay, so that's one data point, but people point out, well, you know, just cause you don't know anybody, that doesn't mean that, you know, I, I can't say what's true for everybody. I just know in my direct experience, I know a lot of people have had it. Tons of people at Sasha's school. Now, now we're stuck home from school again because of this. Um, but, oh. but like, okay, no one's died that I know. Then, you know, like Heather offered the explanation. She was like, yeah, that's because everyone, you know, is like rich. I mean, not everyone, but like the vast majority is not necessarily rich, but like comfortable. They, they can have space to themselves. They don't share a house with eight people. They don't, they're not forced to go into crowded places all the time. 
they have better you know nutrition, better sanitation. You're not thinking of the people that different conditions than you. So that's why you have, and celebrities especially are rich. And so they have houses with big backyards and they're less likely to get a huge dose. Okay, fine. Maybe so. Even so, even though they have all the same advantages against cancer and heart attacks and yet they die of that stuff all the time. But okay, fine. Maybe I, this is just like, not only am I biased, uh, I, I have a bias from where, you know, who I interact with. But I started thinking about it. You know how many homeless people are in LA right now? Do you know how huge the tent cities are in LA? It's like horrible. I mean, it's already bad. San Francisco Francisco is pretty extreme as well. So many homeless people, unprecedented. And Mm -hmm. these people are obviously not rich. Their sanitation is terrible. They do not, not able to get isolated very well. And why aren't there like corpses in the street? You know, again, I'm in Lisbon where there's some homeless people, but it's not like a huge, huge thing. But I haven't seen reports of in the tent cities, dead people everywhere. They're not getting treatment, I don't think. Or at least they're occasionally getting treatment, but they're not getting the kind of treatment a rich person would get. So wouldn't you think that? I mean, given how unhealthy it is to be on the street and how difficult it is to like have a, a healthy diet. A healthy immune system, yeah. It would be tough. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, again, yeah, again, maybe there are more and, you know, nobody reports them or they're being quietly whisked, whisked away. And, but that would be something I would expect in a severe pandemic. You know, these people uh, sadly can't really protect themselves. They can't get away. They can't go to a country place and hang out there for a while. They don't get Uber Eats or whatever. So anyway, that, that to me was, a, was the other thing. That was sort of like, well, okay, well, wouldn't you expect that? And then this new strain is talked about quite a bit as being more contagious. Yeah, that's a, that apparently this one that was in the UK and now has migrated to the US and, and Europe. Anyway, that's all I want to say about COVID. Yeah. I just, that's the other. So I, I, I took the point that like, okay, maybe my sort of direct knowledge base isn't a representative sample, but how do you explain that? I guess is, is my second question then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. My, so Chloe went back to school today. She's been off for two and a half weeks. So you, you, you had a, the whole school shut down. It shut down, and who knows when it's coming back? I mean, a lot of people went to France, which was a mistake. A lot of, but you know, the, the French care the least about it. A lot of the teachers got it, and so that's why everyone had to like shut it down. So Sasha's at home. We may have to go somewhere, like to a uh, rent a house. I don't want to do it, but Heather's going crazy with Sasha here all day and trying to work. So. She has like a friend who's getting one nearby. They're going to play and we can actually get work done, but I'm dreading it. I don't like being out of my house when there's like stuff's upside down. You know, I don't like being somewhere else. I like having my stuff around. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's just how, totally. I, that's how I am. Uh, all right, but we're burying the lead, dude. I mean, all this, this is all just, uh, it's just noise, right? I mean, let's talk about the signal. It really? Yeah. Seriously, man. You'd have, <laughs> I haven't checked the whole podcast. Okay. What do you think it is? What do you think it is? Take a guess. 36 uh yeah 36 one three two that's where it's at pretty good stuff yeah it's exciting times it's uh yeah so so my friend (laughs) my friend who uh my friend neil i'll mention his name he bet me in like september i said it will not drop below 10 grand i talked about this before the end of the year and for like a minute it went to 9900 so i had to pay him 100 bucks for that i mean like literally it was 12 grand it was 12 grand when we made the bet it's 36 now, three months later, and yet I lost the bet. So that annoyed me. So he 
Well, he, he went to lunch. He was gracious enough to, to buy me lunch, actually, buy a nice lunch for us like a week ago. And what does he give me? It's like right before New Year's. What does he give me as a gift? He gives me a, uh, a little bo- bottle of bubbles. So it's a bubble. And he's like trying to tell me to sell. It was, 20, it was 28 at that time. It has now gone up eight, which is more than 25%. It's gone up like almost 30% since he gave me the bubbles. So we made another bet. And I, and this is when it was 28. I said, I bet you it'll hit 50K at some point this year. If I'm wrong, I'll give you another 100 bucks. He said, deal. He said, sell. It's going to buy. So we have another bet. And then he texted me recently. He said, or today, he said, uh oh, I may lose this bet by the end of the month. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot of uh, hate coming out too on the other side, far more of it for sure. Um, there, you can definitely find that easier than you could a couple weeks ago. Um, but it's uh, exciting times and it's, uh, the trains on the tracks, man. It's, it's going. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, these institutions are only going to get more and more FOMO and this is going to get, crazy it's it looks like it it's it's so crazy and you know if you if you really want to get sold out i mean you and i talk about it but michael saylor's podcasts the preston pish michael saylor one is a tour de force but pretty much all of michael saylor's stuff i think he's the most persuasive guy just talking about inflation and how it's just yeah i um someone asked on the pod who uh to, to link because we talked about it and asked on twitter and i I linked to the pod and Preston liked my, uh, my Oh, you're, you're big time now. You're big time. Yeah, you that's right. That's absolutely a, right. A like from Preston. I don't know how that works with Twitter. When you, when you link to someone's pod, like they, they get notified or tagged. I don't know how that works. I didn't tag him, but that's happened to me a couple of times. I'm such a troglodyte. I don't know how these, uh, yeah. these finagled new, uh, new, new things work, but, uh, anyway, it's exciting, man. Yeah. Yeah. No sailor, sailor, sailors actually got through in the mud a little out. You saw that, but, um, uh, uh, right after we talked good about him, some, some, a counter, uh, guy did a, did a hit piece on him. Did you see this? Yeah, it's pathetic though. I don't even want to give it. I don't want to give it. Okay, all right, I don't even want to, okay. It was pathetic. Okay. It was pathetic. Okay. Hey, that poor guy got his on Twitter. Come on, that that guy got no. Uh, but he, but he was I, I really don't like these. It's not an industry. Even it, there's like people. They're like hitmen, and they're like loser journalists that are like they're like failed journalists who will for a fee. Who I don't know who's paying them or who's really hiring to do it, but try to take down somebody that's influential in some way that certain interests want to see taken down it's not a dignified profession to be that person so i don't even want to give it attention it's just so beneath it's beneath it's it's low it's low it's it's just super low uh we had a bunch of bets they're not that interesting our main player props never accounted because because there weren't enough games godwin got hurt and Mostert got hurt so we never found out uh who would have won and then what else did we have? Oh, you won the uh, football team winning the division bet, but I won the Pats versus the Bucks. Yeah, I think we're pretty even. I think I lost twenty on something else. We're forgetting too, right? I think I, I think I down twenty on the. Oh, yeah, you lost twenty on the the Ma, Zach Moss Devin Singletary bet. That was a that was a yeah. very exciting bet. That had to have been relatively close, right? I didn't. Even it wasn't close, that. Right? It wasn't that close. I mean, we didn't have any games played. Caveat on that, so. Yeah. I think oh, Moss, Moss oh, missed a few games and right. that cost you. Right. It would have been close. Um, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring up uh, specifically the uh, the WFT bet because that I wanted. I was curious what bothered you more, losing a bet to me or and having your Giants, you know, lose a division because of that. There was a double swoop. The uh, the e, Doug Peterson decision. I didn't. I didn't care about losing the bet to you. I was just. I was just annoyed because I know Mike Clay was defending it. I know he's an Eagles fan, and but like, I feel like it was like one of those you know when you see it 
that was bad. Yeah. It's like suddenly this guy's in there for what one quarter when the guy you really need to evaluate is obviously hurts. The guy's not even a prospect. The second he came in in a game of playoff implication, there was no chance. What did you get out of Nate Sunfield? I mean, what did you get out of that? Nothing. I, I think it's perfectly legit for a team to evaluate a better young... draft pick. I mean, a better draft pick would be the answer, right? Yeah, but then, but then you're just like absolutely tanking. So that would be that would justify putting. 10 men on the field or roughing the passer in like first, you know, anything you want to that just like, that's just flat out like laying down, which is different than putting together a team of, that has a game plan to win of young players thinking, okay, we probably won't win, but we're going to give it our best and develop these guys. This wasn't that this was, that wasn't even, they weren't developing anybody. They, there was nothing but pure tanking going on. And they did it three quarters into, into an NFL game that had, that was an exciting game with implications to me, that yeah, was, and a stand, yeah, standalone game, yeah, and standalone. that the new QB that you have, you have Wentz inactive. You're moving on. Like, why not go into the offseason with the win? And like, I'm not even a, I'm the last person, like a locker room guy. But man, that actually apparently that really like did affect it. Like, people are like outwardly upset with him, and like that. Yeah, that was a bizarre, bizarre decision it was, when it happened. And uh, and and yeah, I'd be I would be irate if I were a Giants fan. Yeah, I mean, again, the Giants are six and ten, so I mean, it's not like. If Evan, if they didn't have Evan yeah, Ingram, they would they would have been eight and eight. They would have been eight and eight without Evan Ingram, probably. Guys, the worst. So I wrote this stack down specific. I forgot to source it, but I wrote this down specifically for this podcast. Robert Tunyon was targeted fifty nine times, and he was the tight end three. Evan Ingram was targeted one hundred and nine times, and was the tight end sixteen in fantasy. That's pretty funny. What's yeah. that? Well, fifty more well, targets. Forget about fantasy. Forget about fantasy. I mean, we're, we're talking about what he did to lose games. I was about three passes hit him in the hands that were interceptions. <laughs> I mean, this guy was a one man. He's dropped so many key plays down the side. Somebody sent me a highlight that Barstool sports made. I saw that. And I was like, I can't even watch this again. I, I just so dispiriting. And he always gets hurt. doesn't block. I mean, there's nothing good about that guy. Ah, what a, what a scourge. And he's under contract. I, I would just, I would just cut him eat the 6 million. I mean, it's not that expensive. <laughs> just, it, it, just a bad player, you know, and I know that you used to say that, or maybe it's Jen said, it said about Dante Pettis. And now we have Dante Pettis. I, I thought that Evan Ingram was either going to be hurt or a baller and he was neither, but you're right. He turned into be a yeah a real bad player on the field. So yeah, his best, he should have been, he should have stayed a mystery and costly been hurt. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, he revealed to be a fraud. So that, that didn't go out. Yeah. I hear you about the giants, but still whatever your team makes playoffs. It's a, open year. No, and, I was, uh, I was, I was really, I wanted to see them. I want to see Danny dimes play a good season. I'm saying I just what a trolling way to have to have it. In. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was horrible, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I was bummed, but it wasn't like the feeling that like saints fans had when Stefan Diggs scored that touchdown or there was no PI called on that Rams cornerback or whatever, stuff like that. That's really bad. This is a, a shitty Giants team that was almost certainly going to get crushed in the first round. So I'm not, you know, I'm not as bummed, but I was, I was annoyed, especially the way it went down. All right. All right. Well, let's go over the football just real quick. Okay. Uh, I would point everyone to, to Twitter or whatever and do go over our XM draft that we have. We don't need to bore you going over it here, but we did a, an XM draft this morning uh, for, the, for the football players. So that I thought was pretty, pretty fun. Yeah, it was fun. Those things are always fun. Should taste some hill. For there's some there's some some surprises and some surprises in there. It was good stuff. Uh, Pianowski getting mad at you for not letting it, uh, coming down harsh with your verdict. No, you cannot yeah. read your Colby easily. I, I, I think, was thoroughly. Inter- 
I, th- I think that in general, commissioners should be harsh. I have a commissioner. I, I played a lot, you know, Mr. Beam's home league. I don't know if you know Beam or you play in any of his survivor pools. But he used to just be very strict. Like, if you didn't, you know, oh, you know, we used to email him the moves. It wasn't a commission service. And you were like 10 minutes late. He'd be like, sorry, man. That's it. It's better to rule with a firm hand, but be fair, than get into the bad habit of figuring out which exceptions are and are not over the line. I think it, once you cross that line of making exceptions, it's a, it's just a, a bad mistake. Only, first of all, I only know Mr. Bean. And secondly, uh, the only problem with that was you being a dick off the air, unfortunately. I believe it was yeah. off. It I was wasn't being a dick. I will, I will, I, I will uh, disagree <laughs> with that characterization. I was not being a dick. I was uh, protecting the integrity of the draft. And you know, I made some stupid mistakes, too, that I would have liked back. But I was like, as soon as someone picks after you, your pick's locked. I don't want to, I don't think you should be yeah, tinkering yeah. with it. So thought that was fun. And uh, yeah, let's talk some, some playoffs real quick. Colts plus six and a half at bills. I, I think, you know, the bills are favored. They're probably gonna have a lead. And I think rivers, this is a recipe for a rivers implosion against an uh, improved bills defense in the second half. Yeah. I feel like a donkey. Cause I ended up with a lot of favorites here, but um, yes. Yeah. Allen looks awesome. Could be the num- could argument to be the number one pick in fantasy playoff pools, but with you here, give me Buffalo. All right, Rams plus four, Seahawks. I took the Rams because it just seems like these are two teams that play tough, but if golf is out, it probably is smart to take the Seahawks. I mean, John Wolford looked okay, but that's a, that's a, you know, him against Russell Wilson is a tough ask, and it's a small line in Seattle. So I'm kind of regretting that, but I, I took the Rams. Yeah, Seattle's defense has played so much better, so I took the Seahawks just because of the quarterback question mark. But I think I think when I sent it into you, I thought that Goff had less of a chance of playing than he does now. But to me, this is just a total stay away. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't bet it either. Uh, Bucks minus eight and a half at football team. I made this line three and a half initially. I don't realize Alex Smith might not play though, or might split time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that hurts a little. But I was just like, this is a road game in. Could be a weather game. Good defense. Bucks de- pass defense is bad. I don't know. Brady's look great lately. Those receivers look great, but seem like a lot of points. I did hear you arguing that on XM, and I'd already I sent in uh, them as my best bet, Tampa Bay. This week, a couple things I worry about. One, uh, the one way to get to Brady is the, is the pressure. That that seems to be when he struggles, and this defensive line could be. The answer to that. Another is the body clock, man. Old man Brady got scheduled for a night game here. Of course, they had to do New Orleans. Of course, was on Sunday to allow Camara to play. Um, but I think the Bucks, just the, the Alex Smith uh, Heineke combo, getting behind in this game and the way Tampa's played on offense lately could just get really, really ugly. So I, I, I like Tampa to roll. Yeah, I, I took the Brady. I took Brady over Breeze in our thing this morning. I don't know if I, I debated that, but um, I, I just I don't know. Brady's going crazy, man. They're all healthy now. Brad, I mean, I guess if Mike Evans, assuming he's healthy, but they, they they have put up just crazy numbers to end the year. Yeah, do you know how many touchdown passes Brady had this year? Like only second time he's reached forty, right? Forty is a lot. There's only nine other players in NFL history about forty. It's the quietest forty I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess that's better framing it than my only second time. But yeah, I know. Sorry, only second time he surpassed even thirty-five or something like that. But yeah, I did. I did happen to know that only because I wrote up the week seventeen. But yeah, he reached forty. Yeah, no man, Brady Ball. He 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 absolutely uh, he he it was not done. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, at least you put some skin in the game and lost fifty bucks on that. Uh, Ravens yep. minus three at Titans. We all took the Ravens. I really like the Titans. I root for them. I just like that team. I like Derrick Henry. I like Tannehill. I like AJ Brown. I just like the offense. I like watching them. 
but the Ravens are hot right now. And Tennessee's defense is just so bad that I keep losing money against the spread. I keep being wrong because I keep thinking, oh, this team's good. And then Roger Saffold's banged up. They lost Taylor Lewan. I just think the Ravens are going to win this. So I, I took the Ravens. I lost some dignity along with the fifty dollars um, with Brady. I'm surprised to hear that you say that uh, everyone took the Ravens. I thought I was going to be the 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 lone backer on that. The, the Tennessee just beat this team last year in the playoffs. Now they're at home, but yeah, it just seems to me they're going in opposite directions. And um, I heard Kessenich talk about the Ravens D. He didn't like them, but man, the final three weeks of the year, they're they're like top three in yards per play allowed. I think they're kind of coming on at the right time. So. Didn't they lead the NFL in point differential too by a yeah, wide margin? They did. So they did. yeah, I, I like the Ravens in this. I mean, they play a lot of. They got the NFC East and they got uh, you know the Bengals, but the lone pick that you wasn't a nutless monkey was your J.K. Dobbins pick. You, you, you I like that one. Yeah, I was aggressive because because the Titans like that could be a monster game against them, and then you get another game against the Bills, say or something, and or the Chiefs, and who knows? But all right. Bears plus nine and a half at Saints. I made the Saints my best bet. I just think like the Saints crushed Carolina in Carolina. They're kind of like the Ravens to me. They're peaking, or the Bills maybe more. They're peaking at the right time, and they they're still you know they still have Michael Thomas coming back, Kamara and Murray coming back. Breeze is finally you know his ribs are probably healed a little bit more, and their defense and offensive line is good. To me, this is just a crush. The Bears. I thought maybe they were okay, and then they had a must-win game, or so I thought. They didn't know who would win the Rams-Cardinals game. Cardinals were actually favored, so it was kind of a must-win. And just what, a, what an egg they laid at home. I know the Packers are good, but you got to show up in a must-win game. Yeah, I took New Orleans as well. I could, I could feel your best bet here. It's the same vein as my Washington falling behind. I feel like Chicago uh, and Trubisky falling behind could be in trouble here. David Montgomery wasn't even taken in our in our right. draft. Uh, you know he's like the number one yeah. running back in fantasy in the second half of the season, David Montgomery? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Do you like him moving forward? I mean, the schedule was so easy. Tariq Cohen got hurt, but he looked good while doing it. Uh, what do you make of him? He's a hard one to. He'll, to be, like, he'll be like a third rounder or whatever, you know? I think. Uh, he'll be a second rounder. There's so few workhorse backs. I, I doubt he'll go out of the second round, but you might be right. You taking Clyde Edwards Alaire or David Montgomery? <laughs> Oh man, I, I would honestly, I would go back to CEH, but if Damian Williams is there too, I don't know. If I, I don't care about Damian Williams. So. I, to, to me, the problem with CEH. It is, does not get thrown to by Mahomes. It's because yeah, Mahomes but, never checks no. down. And we thought, oh, Kareem Hunt, look, rookie running backs with Andy Reid. It's fine. Look at what Kareem Hunt did. Alex like, Smith. Alex yeah. Smith. If Alex Smith were the, you know, peak Alex Smith were the quarterback of the Chiefs, CEH would be a monster. It just, the quarterback doesn't check down. And what's Andy Reid going to do? Quibble with that? I mean, the guy, instead of checking down, scrambles out of trouble and throws a 50 yard touchdown. I still think there's an 18 touchdown easy backfield season from someone there, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I would have to question that. So yeah, I mean, I could see it. it's a, I'm not as bullish on CH yeah. here. It's a concern. All right. And then finally Browns plus six at Steelers. I just don't see how you take the Browns because like they almost lost to the Steelers backups in Cleveland in a must win game. Now they get the starters on the road. Marquise Pouncey wasn't playing. Rothsberg wasn't playing. Uh, TJ Watt, I don't think was playing. That's like, I don't know. The Browns suck. I think the Steelers are going to roll. <laughs> this is the only dog I took, uh, even though I roll, stacked Pittsburgh in our draft this morning. But 
Um, yeah, no head coach might be yeah, a problem. No head coach. For them to finally make it in 18 years and then have these guys. But, and the longest tenure, I don't know if you saw that, but the Stefanski apparently gave the game ball to some lineman who's the longest tenured player, you know, obviously had the playoff drought. And now they're both missing this game with COVID. So right. very uh, Browns franchise. But I, I don't know. I think I still worry about Pittsburgh's offense and think Cleveland's defensive line is why this game's going to be close. Nick Chubb is arguably the best offensive player on the field. So I'm going to actually say I think that there could be an upset here. So I disagree with you. And I would be closer to taking the Browns money line than I would Steelers laying six. Interesting. All right. I mean, I can see it. The Steelers have been shaky lately. But I'm going to I'm gonna say that Tomlin's going to get this team ready. You want to do this one? Let's do 20 on this one. Then you want to, uh, Steelers minus six? Yeah, I'll do it. 20 bucks on this. I don't okay, feel cool. I feel stronger about the Saints, but I'll do this. Give me, give me the Steelers minus six. Cool, cool. All right, man. Good stuff. Um, crazy times. Uh, nice to nice to have someone to, to talk this through. <laughs> yeah, and we're just getting to the beginning of it tomorrow. This will probably be outdated by tomorrow, but we'll oh, see. Oh, way outdated. And uh, also, uh, no, what I mean is Bitcoin will be 50000 by tomorrow, so it'll be oh, outdated. Yeah, uh, that's another another reason for me to thank you, um, or at least, uh, at least for now. Um, Shared Interest Pod, our friend Ted Bell, he had a good one, and maybe have, he'll have another one with, with today's going on, too. But I, I always like to, to recommend that. I have to check it out. I haven't checked it out yet. All right, man. Uh, good talking. Take it easy. Same to you, man. All right. Later, Liz.